Hallelujah. I don't even want to go anywhere from there. I just want to stay right there. We serve a mighty, mighty, mighty God. Amen. We have to be reminded of that sometimes, you know, because there's moments in our lives where it doesn't seem like he's mighty. It doesn't seem like he's present, but we have to know that he is always present. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He promises us that. Amen. Well, this morning we are continuing on in the series that we began um, last week. We were talking about functional faith. And so as I told you, I have a few different uh, gentlemen that I have asked to speak and to come and share their stories. And so today we have a guest that has never been here before. And um, I met this brother a couple of years ago, and it was um, through email, really, and he invited me to be part of a mentoring program for young men. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to participate in it, but I was so grateful for his heart, uh, just what he wanted to be about. And then my wife actually heard him speak at a NAS um, gathering, which was really good, and she bragged about him a lot. Hallelujah. And she said, he did such a great job. If you ever need someone to speak, you need to call Lenny. I was like, okay, all right. And so, um, and thinking about this series here, uh, I reached out to someone else who's really close to him because I don't know much about him as far as being a Christian. And I spoke to Dr. Mia, and she shared with me some really good stuff. And so I felt very comfortable uh, to have this brother come and share with us. So I want to just give you a little bit about his background just so you can know a little bit about him. So he was born and raised in Orlando, Florida. His name is Linion Grace. Um, Lenny is, is his nickname. Um, he attended Orange County Public School Systems. He attended Fern Creek Elementary, uh, Howard Junior High School, and Boone High School. And while attending Boone High School, Lenny was a member of the state championship basketball team. As you'll notice, he's a little taller than me. <laughs> he, received, he received most valuable player honors in, a, in addition to a full basketball scholarship to Seminole State, which was named Seminole County College SEC at the time. While attending SEC, he earned another full scholarship to Union College in Barberville, Kentucky. Lenny, uh, Lenny has earned a Bachelor of Science degree in physical education and a Master's degree in educational leadership from the American College of Education. Lenny has been married to his wife, Elisa L. Grace, for 28 years. Um, they have five grown children and 13 grandchildren. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lenny states that 1991 was one of the best years of his life. He accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, married Alyssa, and am I saying that right, Alyssa? Alisa, okay. Married Alisa and got his first job as a teacher in Seminole County Public Schools. Lenny began his teaching career as a physical education and health teacher at Lake Howell High School. He then obtained a physical education job at South Seminole Middle School and a basketball coaching job at Lake Howell and AAU. He coached for 20-plus years, then gave it up to support his children and their athletic endeavors. During his educational career, he switched roles from teaching to becoming a dean. He chose the role of dean to have a positive impact on students who struggled with their behaviors. Rather than just discipline students, he chose to mentor them and guide in, onto a path of success. After eight years as a dean, he decided to return to Lake Howe High School as a school administration manager. In addition to his current role as a school administration manager, he continues to mentor students, especially young males. Lenny, Lenny credits his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for all of his accomplishments. Amen. And he is an elder at Victory Temple of God. And so I'm going to ask you to put your hands together again for Lenny and Grace. Oh, and also for the mask, we're in just really quick. So like I told you last week, you're sitting. You're not screaming or singing now, so you can take the mask off if you would like. You can also keep it on. That's entirely up to you. Testing. Wow. Give it on to God who's first in my life. And I certainly can't take any credit from what I have done. It's all because of God. And I came into that realization 
about 20-something years ago. And I appreciate what he's done. He is everything he said he would be in my life. And the credit goes to him, period. I'd like to give honor to Bishop Keonis. Faith, core faith, let me tell you one thing. If you've got yourself a good pastor, support him. There's going to be, there's going to be people who tell you you worship him. They're going to tell you that uh, don't take that man all your money. Don't give him this. He's using your money. If you found a good God-fearing man to be over your spiritual life, stick with him. Support him. We have something we call, I don't know if you do it here, but we have a, what we call a pastor's anniversary every year. And it's our mission and our goal to raise as much money as we can. Because what we pay them is not even close to what they're worth. The things we don't see is those late nights stand up praying for us. In addition to his own family, he's got all of our families under his leadership. So whenever you get an opportunity to bless this man and his family, do so. God's going to bless you. He's going to look out for you. He's going to take care of you. But he is adamant about us looking for his uh, uh, living and giving to his shepherd. And I have been blessed through my pastor for sure, sure our bishop. Anything he needs me to do, I'm there. Any support that I can give him to take the pressure off of him, I'm there. Before I gave Bishop the okay, I went to him and I said, hey, Bishop, the uh, church over in Oviedo, core faith, they asked me to come out and speak. I got his approval. I'm just, I didn't just leave service today or, 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 or just didn't show up. I got his approval. And when he gave me the okay, the pages started flying. The late night was, was common because I know how important God's word is. I don't want to tell core faith anything that's not godly. So if you find yourself a godly pastor that, that's got the heart of God, he said he'll give us pastors after his own heart. Church him. And let me tell you this also, church. You can't honor him without honoring her. You can't honor them without honoring him. So when you're praying, I'm going to pray for my pastor, pray for her also. Pray for him also. Pray for that unit. Because you know what? There's an enemy out there that want to bust down the family unit. God styled the church after. So if you got a pastor, and I haven't known Bishop so uh, too long, but there is a kindred spirit. And there's only one spirit that we should be worshiping. That's the spirit of God. I met mother, I don't know if it's been, but it probably had to be a couple years ago. And when I met her, there was a spirit about her. Just that nurturing, calm, peaceful spirit. And I joke with doctor, y'all call her doctor, me, I just call her doctor. <laughs> and I went and spoke for her at um, the McKnight Excellence or, or whatever that uh, club is or, or organization is. And her spirit was just so kind and just so nurturing. And I joked with doctor a lot. And I went back to work the next day. I said, doctor, I met your first lady and she is so kind. She is so sweet. She is just so nurturing. I said, what happened to you? <laughs> I said, how can you sit under this teaching in this lovely spirit <laughs> and, not, and not rub off on you? And she's like, get out of my office. <laughs> but I'm here to do what thus says the Lord. I don't come like Paul saying, actually, of speech. I don't care about cutting up or splicing some commas or, 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 or double negatives. I don't care about that. <laughs> I care about the spirit of God. And I can't leave this lady out. She is such an amazing young lady. And if you all ever have a woman's program, a woman's conference, right there.
Stand up. I'm talking about amazing. This lady wakes up four. Stand up. This lady wakes up four o'clock every single morning to get in God's word. One thing she desired of us of me was to get her a prayer closet in the house somewhere. So we turned the closet into a prayer closet. And she's up four o'clock every single morning. I just got one request for. Her. Don't shake that bed. Because <laughs> I don't get up to 5.30. Amazing, great mother, 13 grandkids. Does she look like she got 13 grandkids? <laughs> I mean, if you got anything going on, mother, I'm telling you right now, fireball, fireball. Keep me motivated. Keep me going. Led me to Christ. When I grew up, we didn't have no church time. I told my wife, I don't think I went to church one time during my whole high school years. But I met her and her family they were about Jesus and him crucified. And that's it. So she led me to Christ, and we've been going strong ever since. We're a unit, and there is nothing going to separate that unit because it's based on God, period. It's based on God. It ain't about what I say per se or she say per se. My personal this and my personal that's about what God said about it. When we have an issue, we don't go to Dr. Phil. We don't turn to Oprah Winfrey. We don't turn to President Trump. The word of God is how we settle our differences. I'm the man, and sometimes you know how we get guys. We think we know it all sometimes. God put me head of the family. <laughs> yes, he did. But sometimes we get halty. Sometimes we get hard-headed. Sometimes they have to remind me, you ain't God. <laughs> and I'm grateful for having her in my life. It makes a world of difference in my life. I'm just an old ghetto boy. Grew up on Paramore, right in the heart of it. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful and so thankful to God that he chose me out of this area. What people call the scum of the earth. They had no expectations for us. But you know what? God did. God had an expectation for me to be standing here this day. And living the life he wants me to live. Neither parents saved. Neither one graduated from high school. You tell me that's not God. Brought me out of there. Didn't send me to Jones High School, which is the 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 area or the neighborhood school. He sent me to Boone High School. And he taught me so many lessons at Boone High School. And I'm just grateful. Tell me it's not God. Two, two parents without a high school diploma, education, anything. He took me out of that area. Gave me my degrees. And I did say he gave them to me. He did. He placed people in my life that were instrumental in transforming me. And I'm just so grateful. We're going to talk a little bit about functional faith, parenting with purpose. And let me tell you right now, we raised five of them. And there is not one of them the same. <laughs> but one thing they have in common, they have a sure foundation in Christ. We made sure that they knew God. We made sure that they did things of God. We were their protectors. We guided them. We watched over them. Society will tell you to do it this way. But if you know better, do it God's way. And God's way is the best way. All of them's not saved right now, but they got that foundation. You know what they tell us now? We're so glad y'all didn't let us do everything we want to do. We're so glad you didn't let us go out to parties. We're so glad about this and glad about that. And every one of them loved the family unit. Every one of them loved their little families they got. So we're going to talk a little bit about parenting with purpose. And I'm going to share with you some of my go-to scriptures when raising kids, when coming up, when bringing them up. Oh, it's the most difficult job you might have at sometimes. Those of you with young kids, stand firm. Because there's an agenda out here right now. 
that is absolutely trying to destroy families. That unit, the way God said, uh, 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 have families. And if you're not careful, if you're not watchful, if you're not prayerful, they'll slip in behind the doors and be in your living room before you know it. So I'm going to share some scriptures with you guys. And then I'm going to share my three P's for parenting with purpose. And then we're going to end up with a video. And the first scripture I want to go to is Proverbs 22 and 6. And it reads, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I read that scripture a hundred times. That's one of my go-to encouraging scripture when, I was raising, when we were raising our kids. It says, train up. Some of us just blow through that scripture. Train them up in the fear and admonition of God. Train them up. That is vital that you serve God. It ain't if you want to or what have you, you must serve God. If you're going to be successful in this world, and I don't mean cars and houses, and I don't mean jet planes and hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm talking about making through these perilous times that we're living in now, you're going to have to have a foundation in God, period. I don't care what Black Lives Matter tell you. I don't care what they tell you. I'm responsible for raising my kids. Not Oprah, not Dr. Phil, any other the psychologists. You know who I depend on more than any of those people we see on TV with the big name and the big money? I lean on my bishop to teach us the way of God so I can teach them to my household. Why are we going to Dr. Phil? Dr. Phil don't care about Jesus. Why are we going to Oprah? Oprah don't care about Jesus. I know what she say. I know how she talk, but I'm looking at the works. I ain't looking at what she say. I ain't looking at the great uh, uh, works she's done. I'm talking about whether or not you're serving the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and not ashamed of that gospel. So train a child up in the way they should go. What do you mean? When you're training someone, you can't send them out. I couldn't send my kids out to cut the yard and I'm sitting there in the house drinking iced tea. I had to get in the process with them because they're not trained yet to cut a yard. And they'll never be trained to cut a yard if I don't get out there and teach them. I didn't feel like going out there all the time because I hate the heat. <laughs> Isn't that um, oxymoron or Floridian? I hate the heat. <laughs> but I had to get out there and show them how to use that edger. I had to show them where to pour the gas at. I got to show them that you don't run over that rock, son. <laughs> or you're going to be uh, paying for a blade out of your allowance. You got to train them. They're not going to automatically train themselves. They're not going to automatically know what to do. Train them. My wife couldn't go in the kitchen or wherever in the house and do what she do or tell my daughters to do it or my sons, and she's still in the bed. Train them up in the way they should go. I had sons, boys. They got to know that you got to go to work. <laughs> you got to find yourself a job. And we started that with them cutting the yard. We give them a little something here, a little something there, a little lounge or whatever you want to call it. But if we're training kids up in the way of God, they got to know that prayer is important. We can't tell them that prayer is important and they never see you pray. You never pray with them. When we were raising our kids, we had prayer hours. Six o'clock before anybody went anywhere, we came in our room we read scripture, and we prayed. Then you be about your day. How can you start a day without acknowledging God? He's the one going to keep you from that semi rear-ending you. And if he do rear-end you, he's going to watch over and protect you and shield you. Because he sees everything. The people we think that are buddies, that's my dog, that's my right-hand man, might be the very one sabotaging you. God already knows this if he is, so why not consult him? He hear every word they say. And when God breaks us away from him, we raise and saying, well, God, that's my best friend. He ain't doing it but trying to save you from something. 
train up a child. That's the problem today. We see all this nonsense going on. We see people being respectful to the law enforcement officers. My daddy would have hung me up himself if I disrespected any adult. No matter if they're white, black, Spanish, Portuguese, whatever. If I disrespect you as an adult, that's my hide. That's my tail burning. I'm going to have to pay for that. Well, daddy, they're wrong. I don't care if they are wrong. You stay in a child's place. You come to me and let me know, and I'll fix it. That's what's wrong with the school system. I work in the school system every day, and we have people coming out. They're raising more sand with us than they have with their kids. And even when they find out they're wrong, they don't apologize. They turn around and walk out. <laughs> Train up a child in the way he should go. This is not his world. He can't have everything he wants. She can't have everything she wants. She cannot do everything she wants to do. But I look at a lot of parents out there, and they're afraid of their kids. Well, you might not like me. Like is overrated, okay? <laughs> like is overrated. What do you mean like? Most people can't even tell us what like mean. But love is the deal. I don't like my kids. Well, I, you know, I like them, but <laughs> I love my kids. And in raising our kids, I know we're going to have to chastise them sometime. We're going to have to tell them no sometime. We teach our kids a whole lot of stuff without saying a word. We have got, we're in an era right now where we have sold our kids that American, Dr. Baker don't like me to say that, crap. <laughs> we have told them that gain is godliness, okay? We haven't taught them that godliness with contentment is great gain. So we're selling for just gain. God's got much more for our kids if we train them up in the way they should go. They got to understand that they're not defined by a pair of Air Jordans. That don't define who they are. They're defined by the God that created them. The God that created them. Anybody believe that? They're not defined by uh, 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 clothing or going to an NBA game or getting an autograph from, from Michael Jordan or whoever, uh, LeBron. They're defined by the person, that, the, the, the being, the spirit, the God that created them. And he's got a purpose for their life. And their life is more valuable than Air Jordans. Then we see our kids, we start looking at people funny because they don't have Air Jordans. You trained them that way. You taught them that. You taught them that if, if you got a pair of Air Jordans and he don't have a pair of Air Jordans, um, you're better than him. How far is that from the truth? But why do we teach it to our kids? Have nice stuff. But understand that do, that do not define who you are. That don't define who your kids are. Train them up early. You can't wait to five, six, seven years old to train them. Train them up early. If I tell you to sit down, you need to sit down. If I tell you to be quiet, you need to be quiet. You got to have a whole lot of patience with kids and children. I'm talking about parenting with a purpose, parenting for a reason. And that reason being we want to raise godly young men and women to serve God, to be firmly on fire for God. And this world will be a better place. I don't have to worry about little Johnny coming in and tell me. One kid told me, uh, Mr. Grace, I'm my God. <laughs> this middle school kid. He said, I don't give a crap about this. I don't care about my mama. I don't care about nothing. F you. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, this kid's 12 years, 11, 12 years old. Where did he get that from? I guarantee you I can go to that house. That's not a house of prayer. I can guarantee you. I'm almost certain. That he's seen mama and daddy raising sand. They've seen you come out to that school and raise sand with those teachers. We train up our kids, we train our kids without saying a word. They're watching. We got a two-year-old grandson. They live in, they she they live with us now because the dad's getting ready to go to the military. And I, I just watch them sometimes, I do stuff to watch them. This boy can mimic anything I do. I'm at church at the altar sometimes. And I'll just put my hand behind my back just to see what he's going to do. He does the same thing. They're watching us. You can't tell them prayer is important if you're not, not, not praying. 
you can't tell them church is important. When a, when a, when a, a concert with a Fantasia or whoever, and you're going to miss church. You cannot tell them it's important. Oh, I got to go to church again. Oh, I got to do this again. Pastor ought to give us a break tonight. <laughs> we ain't got to come every time the door open. Okay, what do you think that kid's going to grow up and say? He's going to have the same mindset. He's going to have the same uh, uh, mind to do that same stuff. What if they never see you praying? <laughs> what if they never see you with your Bible open? What if they never see you getting, getting away from that TV, doing six hours of TV a day? You better know they're picking it up. And, and, and how I know they're picking it up? Because we raised our kids. You ain't, gonna play, you ain't watching all that TV, all that nonsense all day. Get something edifying. They watch the little shows, Barney, and all this crazy stuff. But they also watched those shows that was edifying. And now they got cha uh, uh, channels like Netflix. Or not Netflix, what's the channel? Pure Flix. Yeah, they got quality movies. So y'all got it easier than we had it. <laughs> we take, take our kids out, take them to the park. We try to spend as much time out of that TV as possible. And today it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm sitting there watching a Disney, old Disney movie. And it, some of the stuff I saw, like, dang, they're dealing with our kids' subconscious mind. They're trying to put it in the mind. We got to flush it out their minds through the word of God and bring them to his house and teaching them the way they should go. They don't know it on their own. And we got to understand that. Deuteronomy eleven nineteen, And you shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest down in thy house and when thou walkest the way, and when thou lies down and when thou rises up. What is he talking about? A couple upper verses. He was telling uh, uh, the person, remember these things and how I brought you out. Your kids don't know it. I ain't, I ain't, I don't, your kids don't know it. They ain't seen it. Your kids don't know God brought you out. My kids know everything about me as far as where I came from. It was God, God who brought me out. And they need to know that. It wasn't because I was this cool, hip guy and I, and I evaded this and I evaded that. It was God who watched over me. I had a lot of people get shot up, killed, died. My best friend, we walked home from practice on a Friday night. Like, what? okay, man, I'll see you Monday. Yeah, what you doing this weekend? That much or whatever. Got to the bus stop on Monday, he's been stabbed to death. And every time I go through like a, a, a worship service, I get emotional. Because I think back of what he's brought me through. And I did say he brought me through while I was yet a sinner. How great is that? How great is our God? He sent his only begotten son that I might have a chance to escape the, the, the ills of the neighborhood I grew up in. Took me out. And placed me somewhere else. Had a friend just get killed. Childhood friend just get killed a couple weeks ago. That was my right-hand man. You telling me that wasn't grace? That could have been me. I could have been, I could have went that trail. That could have been me. But he chose to show me grace and mercy. And I'm so grateful. And that's what we try to instill in our kids. The humble child should taste the grace. Don't be afraid to tell your kids about what God has brought you through and how good God is. Tell them about his statues. Train them when you're sitting around at the dinner table. Another thing we did when we ate dinner, every day we sat around that table and we talked and we discussed what's going on and we shared the word of God. I'm talking about parenting with a purpose. Parenting with some meaning. Parenting with some end game in mind. What do you want for your kids? My oldest son, he's a Jordan fanatic. Went to his house, went to his closet. He's got Jordans everywhere. It's all right with me. You know why it's all right with me? Because I ain't got to buy them. <laughs> he can have a thousand of them as he wants to. But that don't define who he is. He's not stealing them. He's not robbing anybody. He's not selling dope on the corner. He actually... Got a really good job. 
his wife also had a really good job. And I love to see that some people say, well, I don't want my kids to do better than me. Man, I love it. <laughs> I love it when I go over to their house over in Lake Nona. Big two-story. I'm like, yeah, boy, you're doing it. Don't forget God. Remember where God brought us from. That's what we need to do. That's what I'm talking about, parenting with a purpose. Man, it's going to be tough sometimes. Man, it's going to be hard sometimes. But I'm telling you, God will not leave you. He said in his word, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Take it to heart. Oh, it might seem like he don't even hear what we're saying. Where are you, God? Where are you, God? He's right there. He's got a lesson to teach us in everything we go, go through. It might even be for you. It might be that for that person on down the line. That person you meet tomorrow, you let them know that, hey, God brought us through that. And he'll bring you through it. Trust in him. Believe in him. Parents, instill that in your kids. And they'll rise up and call you blessed. My wife gets so many calls from my kids. I'm like, dang, y'all talking again? <laughs> Come over here and talk to your old man a little bit. <laughs> and I'm just so grateful for our pastor. That's why I tell y'all and I'll tell everybody, honor your pastor. I don't care what people say. You're worshiping that God. <laughs> the scriptures tell us to honor him. He that serves well. Bless him, double on Donald, double. So if you think about giving him ten dollars for his pastor down the river, give him twenty. <laughs> and God was certainly, but God has blessed us tremendously. We were both teenage parents, both. I was fifteen. What the world do I know about parenting? I'm still a child. I'm still getting. <laughs> I'm still getting allowances. What do I know about a child? <laughs> But God had put people in our lives that, that, that walked us through it. The mom was real cooperative. And God allowed us to go past that. So if you've been a teen mom, if you're a single mom or what have you, all the ills that society say you, you have no choice but to, to do it the wrong way, make, make, make society out of a liar. I look at Miss Dixon's. What an example of a single mother doing it. Why look at the ones that are not doing it? Look at the ones that are doing it. And you know what? When we find someone that's doing it, acknowledge them. Let them know, I appreciate how you scuffle. I appreciate how you grind. Anything I can do for you. She's doing it. Where's her two daughters right now? They're in the house of the Lord. They ain't going to no skate parties. They ain't going to no girlfriend sleepover. They're here in church. Miss Dixon, I applaud you. Me and my wife talk about you all the time, how you take your girls and you take them to, to different places and, 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 and do this with them. And my wife is just crazy about both of the girls. <laughs> but we, we can't look past that at all. She's doing it. She ain't just talking about it. She ain't sitting on somewhere on the corner or something saying, uh, and, and I'm, not, I'm not criticizing. Maybe some people do. You need to sit on the corners and, and, and ask for money. But she didn't decide to take that role. She can very easily take that role. She's got two kids, single mother, hardworking lady. My, my wife went over to another school, and she hated leaving her <laughs> at the old school. She said, I wish I could find a way to get Miss Dixon over there. What an awesome job. Let's give her a round of applause, man. <laughs> we got to look out for each other. You know, we got single mothers in here. I know we got some in our church. We're going to get behind them. You know what we do? We're going to make sure them and their kids have a vacation every year. We're going to make sure whatever we have to do, men groups have to raise some money or whoever has to raise, we're going to make sure that they have a vacation every year because she needs it. Whether you realize or not, she needs it. And God gave us this opportunity. That's how I look at it. I look at it as an opportunity to do something for somebody else. Because God has been so, so amazing to us. I'm talking about amazing. There's nothing like being a, uh, a teen parent. And you're sitting there like, okay, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? I'm still looking for my daddy for protection. <laughs> I'm still waiting on my mama to cook dinner. <laughs> but you can make it. Single mothers, you can make it. Grandparents, help them out. We love our, grand, our grandkids so much. 
I think that's a reward for us raising our kids. Because we get there and we can uh, send them home when we get ready. <laughs> we don't have to say, uh, uh, go, go there and go here. We can say, go to your mama. <laughs> but I, I enjoy raising kids, man. And we got to train them up. We got to teach them this stuff. We got to be like, and I want to be like what God talk, talk to, uh, spoke to Abraham over in Genesis. And he told Abraham, Genesis 18, 19, for I know him. Dang, who wants God to know them? He said, I know him. Wow. Can we say God know us? And you know what? This ain't a man saying this to Abraham. This is God speaking and bragging on. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. Wow. Anybody don't want that, that, that little out of boy from God? Stay in his word. Commit to his word. Commit, commit to his lifestyle. Don't let anything define you but God and his word. I'm a black male, but I'm a Christian first. I'm not joining any organization, any group, any anything that goes against anything that's written in the word of God. I don't care if that's how mama told me it should be. I understand that God don't deal in that racist stuff. I'm not being mad with anybody because they're not the color I am, because they don't do things exactly like I say do them. I'm going to love every single person on this earth. I got friends from every single ethnic background, and I love it. I was watching uh, uh, Bishop YouTube, one of the YouTube videos. And he said, I don't want the ordinary church. I don't want an all-Spanish church. I want some diversity. There's not going to be a separate heaven. <laughs> I'm going to the black heaven. <laughs> you going to the Spanish heaven. <laughs> We're going to all be there together. So why not practice it now? I applaud you for that, Bishop. Because we are, and I'm not just talking about this church or our, my church. The church is a big, a big problem in society today. We want to talk a whole bunch of stuff, but we don't want to stand up for nothing. And I'm not talking about joining no Black Lives Matter because there's some things in Black Lives Matter and people ridicule me this and, and, and isolate themselves because I, I feel like this. There's some things in Black Lives Matter, Matter that don't jive with my scriptures. And you know why I think Christians fall into stuff like that? because they haven't read anything. There's a saying in the black community, <laughs> if you want to hide something from black people, put it in writing. That's crazy to me. We'll go join an organization, don't know anything about it because it, 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 it looks good. They got nice t-shirts. They march nice. Boy, they got unity. But what if it's contrary to God? What if their mission statement is contrary to God? And we think we're going to play with God like we play with people. God ain't playing when he said in heaven, there's not going to be a spot, a wrinkle, or any such blemish. We ain't going to creep in like we creep in on people. We got to get this right here together. Things you don't hear in the church anymore, and God said, be ye therefore holy, for I am holy. We don't hear anything about being holy. We don't even know what holy means. But we're Christians, we're church people, we have God. Go home and look that word up. That's your homework for tonight. Go home and look that word up and see if you're at that standard. Man, we got a great responsibility to represent God. And I'm not letting anything back me up. If I have to walk alone, I'll walk alone. If I die in the cause of Christ, so be it. The Bible tells me to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So I don't lose either way. We got to stand up and speak boldly. If it's against God and against God's principles, we got to be willing to die. I always had a saying. And the saying goes like, it ain't my saying. I've obviously read it from somewhere. How can you live if you're not prepared to die? I'm prepared to die, so I'm ready to live. How many is ready to die for the cause of Christ? Because you know what? The way things are going, you might just have to. How many is ready to die for the cause of Christ? 
just think about it. I'm not asking you to put your hands up. I'm not asking you to slap five people's hands. I'm not asking you to get up and do the bump with your neighbor. But I'm asking you to look into your heart. I did a lesson last week at my church. And I told the church, I'm going to challenge you to challenge you. We're good at challenging other people and making challenges. Challenge you. See where you stand in, in, in the Lord. See if you're walking that straight and narrow. It's easy for you to judge me and say he got them ugly blue shoes on or <laughs> whatever. It's easy to look outwardly. But God said he don't judge like, other, like men judge. He said men judge on the outward appearance, whether I'm wearing Gucci or whether I'm wearing polo. You're looking at me like I, and I got, I'm making thousands of dollars. You look at me like I'm some great thing. But the heart is all filthy. I'd rather have a clean heart and $2 in my bank account than have millions with a dirty heart. Because you know what? I don't care how long you live on this side. This is the short end of the deal. Why prepare for the short end of the deal? Can anybody answer that for me? Because once this side is over, we're moving over into eternity. You know what that means? Never going to end. So you got to make a choice. What are you going to live for God? I live for the popular uh, uh, nature of this world. Because I'm telling you, this world is coming to an abrupt end. Jesus is going to burst those clouds. We don't know when it might be today. Are you ready? Parents train those kids up in the way they should go. There's no time when it's okay to be disrespectful. At no time when, a, when, when an officer or, or those in authority say, uh, uh, can I have your driver's license? That's, that's, that's the protocol. That's protocol. Just give me your license. Shut your mouth. Be respectful. And most of the time, you won't have any problem. There are some idiots out there that do stupid stuff, that stop people for the heck of it, and harass them. But I believe personally, that's very few. Teach your kids to respect authority. Because you know what? If they don't respect Miss Shark in their, fourth, in their fourth grade class and you support that stuff, you know who's next? You are. You are. I've seen it over and over and over and over. Doctor will tell you, we see it over and over and over again. Parents come out reeling, on fire. Where do you think the kid get that from? You don't cuss the daddy out. You, you're disrespectful to your mother. Your daddy can't tell you nothing. You might not like your daddy, but that kid loved uh, grandpa. So let's train them up in the way they should go. And I got a script here, and, and I, man, I had planned on going right through it. I was going scripture by scripture. I got it lined out. I got my men back there, whatever. <laughs> but sometimes things don't go like you think they should go. God's got his own agenda. And when he say, say it, say it. If he say, leave it, leave it. If he said move it, move it. If he say, cut it out of your life, cut it out of your life. Because whatever happened after that or your obedience, you know God's going to be on your side. But if we're disobedient, huh, no telling what might happen. So train them up in the way they should go. Teach it to them when you're at your house. Let them know that God is the most important thing in this house. Everything's not going to be on my TV because I did buy it. <laughs> I pay for the cable bill. I don't understand that. Come out, and I speak about schools because that's where I work at. I see people who can't even afford their light bill, but their kids got a Samsung 10. That's contrary. And they come and tell you this, and they tell you that. And he can't even come out to the school and say, give me the phone, Johnny. Johnny said, I ain't giving you my phone. <laughs> That's because she hadn't raised Johnny up in the fear and admonition of God. Bottom line. Anybody agree with that? I look, and I'm seeing quite a few young people. If you got kids, raise, train them up. Don't be afraid, man. I'm telling you, society want to dictate how you raise your kids. Stand in God's word. Be not conformed to this world. Don't take on the nature of this world. If you do, you're going to have a monster on your hand. And you know who created that monster? You trying to do it your way. You're trying to do it like Dr. Phil said. 
You try to do it like Oprah said. How many children has Oprah Winfrey raised? Can anybody answer that? How many? She can buy as many as she wants. I'm talking about how many she raised. How many she sat down and taught them the oracles of God, the statutes, the principles of God? How many? So why are we taking Oprah over this man of God advice? I don't have anything against Oprah. I love Oprah. I think she's very generous. But that ain't one we're going to get you to heaven. Make God proud. Don't we want to make God proud? Anybody raise more kids than God? Anybody? <laughs> Just think about it. Anybody that walked this earth, we had a lot. <laughs> but God raised uh, millions and millions and millions, and he still raised them. So why not see what God wants to say in his word about parenting? It's a pleasure. It's a privilege to have kids. I worked with a guy for like 15, 16 years, never had kids in his life, can't have kids. And sometimes he, 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 he talked to those kids, and it seems like he's talking to his own kids. He just loved them so much. He would give anything to have one of his own, but he couldn't have. He had uh, particular cancer when he was younger, and he couldn't have kids. But he would latch on to my kids and bring them over and talk to them and have them come do work in his yard. And he would always compliment them, always so complimentary to all the kids and just, just a, a, a person that never could have a child. It's a blessing. Although it's hard and difficult, I'm going to stop saying it because our pastor told us this. Stop saying hard. He said, the ways of a transgressor are hard. Say, these, this is challenging. This situation is challenging, but bigger the challenge, the greater the blessing. Keep that in your mind. You guys are awesome over here. I've heard a lot about you, but I've never been here. Heard a lot about Bishop. I've never been here. Keep doing it the way God said do it. Got a couple more scriptures you want to read. I'm going to be out of your way. Titus 2 and 7. It says, now let me finish Genesis 18, 19. For I know him, that he will command his house and his children after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Keep those articles of God. Bring them up in the fear of admonition of God. He's going to bless you. It might seem difficult, but God's going to see you through. I guarantee you that. I want to encourage every single parent, every single single parent, every single teen parent that you can make it, God can keep you on the par. God can protect you. God can provide for you. Isn't that right, Ms. Dixon? God will provide. That's a testimony all by itself. Younger couples, find yourself some mentors. Younger parents, find yourself some mentors. You know who my mentor was? My bishop. I worried him so doggone so much. Who is my father-in-law? I worried him. I'm like, bishop, your daughter, your bishop, I don't <laughs> Early on, man, I had to realize that Grace and Hillary had to come together. There were some adjustments that had to be made. It ain't about me. It ain't about her. It's about glorifying God, period. So get yourself some mentor. Aggravate Bishop. <laughs> he don't mind. Text him. Catch him out here when he's out here praying. Pray with him. And then keep him here five or six hours. This is no lie. <laughs> we have prayer hours in our church. 6, 9, 12, and 3. And every now and then, I'll, I'll go over there when I'm off or something like that. And I'll catch Bishop at that 9 o'clock prayer. We'll pray for about 30 minutes or so. Then we'll get to yapping. And I look up, it's 12 o'clock. <laughs> he said, we might as well go in and pray again. <laughs> and we'll yap, yap, yap to almost 3 o'clock. So Bishop's here for a reason. I don't want Bishop to know my business. You know what? After a while, the world's going to know it. The world's going to know it. So share with Bishop. He might have some insight. Single mothers, great resource in Ms. Dixon. User. Say, Ms. Dixon, how'd you go through this? How'd you get over that fear of not being able to take care of this and do this and do this? And she can share with you her testimony. The Bible let us know that we're overcome by our testimonies and the blood of the lamb. 
share those testimonies. I'm seeing some of my seniors back here. I don't know if you raised kids or not, but you guys got a testimony. Today's church trying to kick you guys out. Oh, we don't need them. They can't, they're not useful. But they don't realize that you're more useful than they are. You've been there. You went through the struggles. You raised kids that, that, that some of them didn't do like they're supposed to do. Share those testimonies. Anybody agree with that? My wife over here patting on her knee for something. <laughs> but I got to finish this thing. Titus 2 and 7. We got to be examples. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrines, showing uncorruptedness, gravity, and sincerity. Do this thing seriously. Do it with, uh, with vigor. Study that word so you know what to say and know what to do and know how to read them. Good works. Examples. Doing those things you're supposed to do. When you want a kid to believe in prayer, get up and pray. If you want to read a word, let them see your word. Share some word with them. Read it together. And that'll get us through. Because it's going to be, parent is not easy. Some points are difficult. But I'm telling you, when you get to this point where they're grown, it's so rewarding. When you see them doing well, it is so rewarding. When you go sit up and they got to do the cooking and the cleaning and you just sit back there in the recliner and enjoy yourself, it's so rewarding. When you see them bringing their kids up and raising them up in the fear and ominous of the Lord, it's so rewarding. I'm trying to see what my wife is talking about. <laughs> and understand, parents, God's going to look out for you. He's going he's to do what he has to do for you. Philippians 4.19 says, but God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. Not open. He let us know that earth is his and the fullness thereof. Them cattle's on a thousand hills. They're his. Anything you need, he, he, he's got it. Or he can get it. Or he can send it your way. And I'm, I'm, we're proof of that. I told my wife, I did not want you to work for the first 10 years of, of, of our kids growing up. She didn't start working until... Our oldest, youngest daughter was in first grade or middle school. She's in third, huh? <laughs> Ten years old. Third grade before she started working. Because I wanted, before anybody else put anything in them, I wanted them to be a, have, on a solid base. So if something happened in that school, they'll come to us and say, well, this happened. I didn't go back and say, you tell this teacher this or you tell this teacher that. We were there. A lot of times she was there. I was working, she was there. I wanted her free to be able to go to that school at, 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 the, at the drop of a hat. Get out there and know that school. Get on a PTA. Get on a SAC. Know what's going on in your kid's school. See who's leading them. See who's guiding them. Because I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of indoctrination going on that we don't even realize. Because we refuse to go to that school. We're afraid to go to that school. Particularly minorities. Particularly my black people. I notice that they're afraid to come to school. They feel intimidated. But if you're at Lake Howe High School, you got a problem with your kids, a teacher, come find Mr. Grace. He ain't intimidated. We'll sit down and we'll talk. We'll, we'll see what's going on. But do not leave them out there. Because some stuff is going on, man. It ain't God's agenda. I'll tell you right now, it's some man-made agendas that's trying to indoctrinate our kids. Trying to take some of godly structures away and tell them that, well, this is right. Your God is love. I know that. He's the same God because he loved his people that put the Red, Red Sea back down on the Egyptians. That's that same God. So be proactive in raising your kids, man. Model. We can't model sleeping all day because if you do, you're going to look around. Your kids are going to be at the foot of your bed sleep too. Anybody agree with that? We're examples. We're models. Psalms 127 and 3. Lo, children are in the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hands of a mighty man, so are ch your children of, of the youth. Happy is the man that have his clothes full of them. They shall be not ashamed, shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Wow. It's a heritage. My wife is so, she is so... I can't explain it. I'm so 
blessed that a ghetto boy ran into a girl of such stature and she wanted me. <laughs> Sometimes, what does she want with that old ghetto boy of Fairmore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but she's amazing to me how she raised and, and helped and contributed to the bringing up of our children. If you're married and you got a mate, honor them. Do what you got to do that they feel like they're worthy. As a man, sometimes I realize that I can do everything in the world. Sometimes they just don't feel right. <laughs> Things don't seem to be going right. But we got to reassure them. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. I'm going to conclude with a couple of things here. And I use these three P's for everything. I use them for my youth. I use them for my sports teams when I coach sports. And now I'm going to use them with you, parenting. And my three P's, the first one is priorities. You got to have your priorities in line, people. If you're going to raise kids, if you're going to be a great parent, you got to have your priorities in line. And what should your priorities be? I know number one should be. Number one should be God, period. I heard uh, uh, Pastor uh, Evans, Tony Evans, he said two things God is not going to be. He's not going to be a liar, and he's not going to be second. If he's second, he's not God, period. So we need to find a way to put him back on the pedestal. And we're always talking about God who is first in my life. How is God first in your life? And you watch Oprah more than you, than you in his word. How is God first in your life? And you're letting your kids go play Pop Warner football on a Sunday. You're teaching them Pop Warner football is more important than coming into the house of God. And this culture is, 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 is prevalent today. Number one, if something's number one in your life, you're going to want to find out more about it. You're going to spend more time uh, uh, with it. And right now, we be honest with ourselves. We ain't spending all that much time with God. We let pastor do all the reading. Pastor will pray. Pastor will do it for us. You got a responsibility yourself. He didn't tell pastor to, to raise your kids. He told pastor to assist you in it to encourage you in it, but it's not responsibility to run your house. He can give you some suggestions. He can give you some scriptures. He can encourage your heart, but it's your job to put God number one in your house. Not only number one in your house, but number one in your heart. We, if we be honest with ourselves, we have put a lot of things in the place of God. I'm not raising my kids up. I didn't raise our kids up to be caught up in uh, uh, this club or that club. We raise them to be Christian adults, that they'll know how to guide their families, that they'll treat their families with respect and reverence. They'll treat the man of God, know how to respect the man of God, know how to respect God's house, and, and, and have them realize that it is so important that you get God's word in you at a young age. Number two, preparation. We got to prepare for parenthood. I'm not talking about the Planned Parenthood, this and that. I'm talking about prepare. Get yourself ready. Don't wait till your child is a, 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 a middle schooler to start training them up and teach them things about that age. Middle school is the toughest years, I believe. I've been in high school. I've been in, in middle school. And middle school, seventh, eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade are tough. And you got to know. You got to train them up. There are people going to be mean. There are mean people in this world. Period. They're going to call your names. They're going to say bad things about you. They're going to talk about your mama. They're going to talk about your one-legged dog. They're going to talk about everything. They're going to treat you like dirt sometimes. But the problem is, you're going to always have those people around. But we got to have that training. We got to train them that people are mean in this world. And they're going to say things about you. They're going to call you the N-word. They're going to say you're ugly. They're going to say you're nappy-headed self or whatever. But we got to train those kids. This is coming down the line. Prepare yourself. Prepare those kids. We got too many softies now. Mommy, he said, he, he said my shoes are not nice. Okay. I told you back in the day that the shoes don't define you. So what are you, what are you stressing about that for? And we prepare them for the onslaught. Because there is an onslaught going on. They'll be more ready to handle it. And they won't go and want to blow their brains out. And they don't want to go and take a bunch of pills. You'll say, okay, whatever you say. 
But my mama said, I'm cute. My mama said, I'm handsome. My mama bought me these shoes. Uh, uh, they look good to me. But we just buy and buy and buy without responsibility about anything. We're going to have some troubles. We're talking about parenting with a purpose. Have we even sat down and, 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 and figured out what that purpose is? Matter of fact, have we even, do we even know our purpose as a parent? Those are things that we need to examine, things that we need to look into. And the final one is passion. Man, parent with a passion. Be excited about it. This is God who gave you this, these children. Be happy about it. Celebrate it. Talk about them. Encourage them. Do, do somersaults with them when you get the opportunity. I still ride my bike. I still go walking. I'm still doing hiking. I'm still doing these things. I still go out to Andy's ice cream or a custard shop, and we sit out, me and my kids and our friends, we sit out in the parking lot, social distancing, <laughs> and we enjoy ice cream and talking. So, man, have just enjoy parenting because you're better than what you think you are in parenting. You just need somebody to, to, to affirm that. You're better than what you think you are. You think you're failing. You're not failing. We've all had some shortcomings. We all made mistakes. We all have some points where we sat and laid in the bed like, what in the world is going on? I know I taught them not to do that. I know I just talked to this kid, and he still go back and do the same thing. What is going on, Lord? You told me if I train them up in the way they should go, if I teach them the things that I need to teach them, they're going to act right. Let me tell you right now, sometimes they're not going to act right. Does that mean God is not with you? Absolutely not. Just keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. And God will see you through. Man, put it in his hand. Admit that, God, I don't know what to do with these kids. I need your help. Be honest with God because he already knows. He see you struggling. He see little hard-haired Johnny. Doing the things you told him not to do. He's shooting birds at the teacher. He's putting tacks in the teacher's seat. God see it. Put it in his hand. Give him that burden. Anybody agree with that? Amen. Good. I got one more thing I'm going to leave with you. And I want you guys to, um, man, just enjoy life. God's got you. God's on your side. You don't have to worry about the coronavirus. Do what you need to do is what the people tell you to do. But God's going to watch over us and protect us. Even if you happen to get it, he's going to watch over and protect you. Man, live with this mindset. Absence from the body is to be present with God. If he take me because of the corona, that's the way he wanted me to go. But until he take me, I'm going to bust my butt to try to, to further the cause of Christ. I'm going to be that living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Who else do we want to be accepted by? A lot of us want to be accepted by our mamas and our daddies and our peers and, and our coworkers. Holy and acceptable unto God. And what did he say after that? That's your reasonable service. That's what you should be doing. I'm going to leave you with this song. Man, it's one of my favorite songs. I'm telling you, when I get down, when I used to get down as a parent, I put this song on, then I'm ready to go. And the song is entitled, I Hope You Dance. Core Faith, I Hope You Dance. I hope you never stop dancing. I hope you're not getting intimidated by what's going on in this world. Because God is still in charge. God is still in control. Black Lives Matter is not in control. They think they are. And don't get me wrong, you can, work, you can do whatever you want to do. But this Christian right here sees seen some things that are not jiving with God's word, that are not meshing with God's word, that is contrary to God's word. So I'll stand alone on that one because I read it. <laughs> he put it in writing, but this black person read it. <laughs> So be encouraged, core faith. Man, honor your pastor. Honor the first lady. Honor that family. You might feel like cooking them a pie one day. Cook the pie. <laughs> you might feel like inviting them to dinner. We invite them to dinner. You might want to slip a $20, $25 in his hand. Well, not today. Uh, let's say uh, $50, $75 in his hand. Tell him to go to dinner. Or whatever. Honor this man. I'm telling you, God will bless you because you honor him. It's God's man. And I watched, uh, I didn't just come here, I watched some of his videos on YouTube. 
And I'm sure he watched my Facebook and everything else because that's a good shepherd. He's going to watch over his flock. But I appreciate you guys. Man, this is an honor for me to be before you guys. Man, love God. Delve diligently into God's word. Stand strong. Death is not a bad deal for us as Christians. Not a bad deal. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. And once you made it there, you ain't coming back to this mess. <laughs> you ain't coming back to this mess. You're in doggone paradise. You're in glory. You ain't coming back here. I got to worry about well, uh, I don't have to worry about coronavirus. I ain't, this coronavirus gonna get me. It ain't coming to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> My feet hurt. You don't have to worry about your feet hurting anymore. <laughs> So why do you want to come back here with your fear? My wife looking funny over there because I get to rolling, I get to rolling. But uh, we're going to play this video. Guys, you've been super. I appreciate you. Hope God bless each and every one of you and all of your endeavors. Uh, just keep him first. Keep him first. You might not be popular for that, but you be popular to God. We can go ahead and roll that video. Enjoy. Appreciate you, Bishop. Appreciate you.